Flexmuscle.com brings you Quantum Physiques, building strength and power for your mind, your body, and your spirit. Alternative medicine, muscle growth, mood enhancement, motivation, putting your mind at ease, harnessing your maximum potential. Quantum Physiques. Here's your host, Brian Cunningham. And welcome to another episode of Quantum Physiques, where we give self-help for those who are willing to help themselves. I'm your host, Brian Cunningham, here on ArxMuscle.com, joining you every Wednesday for insight into building strength and power for mind, body, and spirit. Of course, I'm sitting here now. Uh, Jeff was kind enough to give me a few minutes to get home and get my uh, protein smoothie after the gym. Uh, it's kind of funny how uh, you know I'm having this curry ginger smoothie and it tastes great. People would think that uh, curry ginger and sprouts in a smoothie is, is disgusting, but as we know from our quantum physics listeners that have tuned into our previous show there, that it's amazing and all the cool things you can actually put in a smoothie and make it taste good, and you really can jam pack it full of nutrients. Curry being one of them. Who would have thought that you could put, uh, you know, five grams of uh, of turmeric in a smoothie and actually make it stay, still taste pretty good, even with ginger on top of that? And it's pretty important, as you know, because if you tune into that show we did, uh, turmeric and ginger are some of the most potent disease-fighting, age-fighting nutrients that you can possibly get. And, uh, you know, the one thing that I always tell everybody is that you wouldn't go into the ring to be a fighter without training, without preparing yourself. And you wouldn't go and step on stage and be a powerlifter or a bodybuilder without preparing, of course. And you know what? You don't want to get a disease without being prepared. Most people, when they get sick, they run to the doctor who is, quote-unquote, you know, he went to Harvard. He went to Yale. He's got the best money can buy. And as we all know here, the, the literature, the scientific literature showing these guys, unfortunately, are 10 years behind the times. They're not integrative the way like my friend Dana Hauser is, as an example, and really on the cusp of integrating all modalities to treat people. Um, just give an example again now. Everybody knows that, and this is really important, that that Rockefeller University study I quoted uh, many shows ago where when for every 10 people given a life-threatening diagnosis only one in 10 were willing to actually make the lifestyle changes to save themselves. So that, again, shows you uh, just how wrought human nature is, how dark it is, really, how much people are bent on not changing, on resisting change, even to the detriment of their very life. And, uh, of course, our listeners here are tuning in because of the fact that you do want to better yourself and you are willing to step up and be one of that 10%. And of course, that means, of course, you know, that you're preparing for these things. So, you know, there's a show on TV about these uh, people that had these life-threatening conditions, like they were sent to die, they had cancer as an example, and, uh, you know, how they overcame it. And it's pretty amazing. Uh, one woman, for example, she was obviously one of those 10 percenters. She had uh, a lung cancer, and it was pretty big, and they, uh, you know, had her on chemo, and she went out and sought a medical doctor to support her that knew about alternative therapies. And so he had her, you know, doing a lot of juices, cutting out sugar, um, you know, doing some type of prayer or meditation work, uh, you know, practicing some positive thoughts, even as an example, not just meditating and praying, but actually when she was, uh, you know, throughout her day, she was taught by this medical doctor. He was an MD. He has a practice out there in, uh, in Ohio somewhere or Illinois. She was taught to just be more vigilant of her thoughts, to try to keep positive, self-affirming thoughts you know, running through her body. And lo and behold, at the end of her chemo, she had very few side effects because the adjunctive therapies this doctor had her on did a great job of actually um, you know, ameliorating her side effects. But then also the tumor went away. So she went in another month for one of her follow-ups or two months later and she had a brain tumor then. And everyone was like, you know, kind of in shock that like they couldn't believe this, that a tumor had metastasized and gone to the brain. And she was like, well, you know what? Her doctor and her conferred and they were like, look, you know what? There's a good chance here that you can still beat it. You just got to keep doing this thing. And, you know, this alternative modalities don't work miracles overnight. They take a little bit of time, obviously. They're not as potent or as dangerous, as toxic as chemotherapy is. So lo and behold, she went back and did the same thing. Got back on the chemo did the alternative stuff. And within the protocol of the chemo period, her tumor had gone away and she actually had no side effects either. So a year and a half or something goes by and she's out hiking with her her daughter in the woods and all of a sudden she starts getting really sick and losing her breath and they knew something was wrong with her. And so they took her back to the ER where they did one of those full body uh, PET scans or whatever it was. And lo and behold, her body was riddled, literally riddled with cancer. And they were like, look, you need to wrap up your affairs, get your stuff in order because you have like, you know, 
60 days, 30 days to live, basically. So, of course, she went back to her other doctor and told him about this really, uh, you know, just devastating news. And I guess in that conversation, they were like, look, you know what? You had two strikes at bat and you did really good. Why not try again? Who knows? You might as well just keep trying it. Try to be neutral. Don't try to, you know, fall into the negative pattern here of thinking that this is a terminal sentence. And she was just like, you know, why not? So she goes, I went back and did the same thing again. I did my juices. You know, I I had my diet even more meticulous. And uh, I did that, you know, prayer meditation. I even went went into the chemo. She even had the guys doing the chemo think positive thoughts for her as he was getting the chemo. And lo and behold, she actually got rid of all the cancer. Pretty amazing. And all the other doctors, of course, were like, well, we don't really know what happened to her. She was an anomaly. Uh, with this, science, this alternative stuff is improving. But there is enough anecdotal and empirical evidence supporting the fact that uh, you know, if you prepare, again, by having the awareness of these other modalities, of course, uh, that if you ever do get sick, you can kind of go into the battle being way more prepared and not, and not just taking one tool or one modality with you, but you know, having a whole bunch of tools to use. And of course, a big part of that is, again, with these curry ginger smoothies that we talked about on that, on that show, uh, to prevent even getting sick in the first place. That's pretty important. Now, I know a lot of listeners on the RX Muscle website know about uh, Dr. Scott Conley and how technical he is. And I have somebody else here who also, who I think you guys really got to tune into. Dr. Jeffrey Bland is a director of Metagenics, I believe, and he's a prolific author, having published in peer-reviewed literature hundreds of studies and authored several books on the uh, integration of nutrition into the mainstream medical model. And here's a little clip. I think this is kind of interesting, actually. And I wanted to share with you guys, and then maybe we could actually uh, get a little thread going on the uh, on the forum or on Facebook. So here's Dr. Jeffrey Bland talking about metabolic syndrome. We're on the front edge of a very interesting discovery, and this might, in fact, explain in our own observations over the last 17, 18 years why we have seen patients who have metabolic syndrome that go through a detoxification program with a oligoantigenic diet and then over the course of that detoxification with a medical food that's oligoantigenic and proper nutrient and intake, that not only does their body burden of organic pollutants be reduced, but their insulin resistance completely uh, resolves, and they get their triglycerides go down, their HDL comes up, and their blood pressure normalizes, and you start saying, well, what went on? Why did, when I put a person on a medical food product that was designed for improving their functional detoxification of phase one and phase two, that the outcome they saw that I saw clinically was that their signs or biomarkers of insulin resistance also improved. It's because they may be connected through this mechanism, I would speculate, that Dr. Duckley and David Jacobs are speaking to, this whole body burden toxicity, GGTP mechanism that has to do then with insulin signaling as it is sensitive to mitochondrial toxicity. And, of course, this is why we've been interested since the early 1990 period on looking at ways of nutritionally supporting biotransformation, phase 1 and phase 2 hepatic enzyme detoxification pathways through cytochrome P450s and phase 2 conjugating enzymes. I recently authored an overview on this that appeared in Alternative Therapies in Health and Healing in 2007 that talks about how, in fact, diets and specific foods can help to support proper detoxification. In fact, the first paper that we published on this was an intervention trial back in the early 1990s in the Journal of Applied Nutrition looking at nutritional regulation of hepatic detoxification enzymes, phase one and phase two, that ultimately led to the first medical food that we developed to being supported for this application. Then later, a member of our research team, Dr. Deanna Liska, authored a paper entitled The Detoxification Enzyme Systems and where she talked about augmenting phase two nutrients to backfill those potholes that were associated with lowered nutritional status of things like glutathione or glucuronic acid stimulating secondary support. And these particular phase two conjugating nutrients were then described in this article. And then we published a intervention trial with patients with chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia who were put on a medically assisted detoxification program using a medical food that was designed to support phase one and phase two detoxification. And the results of that, which were published in Alternative Therapies in 1995, page 62, showed that against the control group, the supplemented medical food group had a very significant improvement in their 
detoxification enzyme function that was consistent with the lowering symptoms that they expressed with their chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia, suggesting that there's an immunological toxicity component associated with both FMS and CFS, and that diet intervention designed to modulate detoxification and biotransformation is useful. And then more recently, Dr. Deanna Minnick from our functional medicine research team found that alkalizing the urine is very helpful for improving detoxification function in individuals who are acid metabolizers and have an acid shift in their urinary pH. And by then alkalizing using an alkaline ash type of detoxifying system, they got improved outcome. And there's a very big support for this from the literature, the so-called alkaline balancing effect in detoxification. And all of these detoxification enzyme systems, both the phase one cytochrome P450s and the phase two conjugases, are regulated in part through these signal transduction process that's mediated through uh, specific kinases or phosphorylation of the enzymes to post-translationally modify them and activate them. So there is this ability to signal from the outside to the inside of cells through specific kinases how those enzymes are to upregulate their function and these are all under dietary and lifestyle modulation. So it, again, connects together not only the exposure to toxins, but also the ability of us to uh, eliminate them based upon the quality of the diet and lifestyle that we have. And that even includes things like heavy metal stress with lead, mercury, and cadmium. These are chelated and removed from the body and transported around the body through a family of proteins called metallothionines. And the metallothionines are regulated in part by the metal response element in our genome. And the metal response element, in turn, is regulated in its activity by a pathway called nuclear regulatory factor 2 that's bound in the cytoplasm of the cell with an inhibitor called KEEP, K-E-A-P. And when KEEP is liberated from NRF2, NRF2 then can travel into the nucleus of the cell, sit on the response elements that are associated with the metal response, and activate then the upregulation of the synthesis of messenger RNA for metallothionine. That in turn then can increase metallothionine availability and help transport heavy metals. So heavy metal stress and the activation of distinct pathways are activated then by the mitogen-activated protein kinases through this NRF2-KEEP pathway, and that helps to move heavy metals out of tissues and mobilize them for excretion. We can even induce metallothionine, therefore, by specific phenolic substances or phytochemicals that are known to activate the dissociation of KEEP from NRF2 and then activate metal transcription element, MTF1. These can be both specific phytochemicals and also the trace element zinc can be given therapeutically to upregulate MTF1 function and increase metallothionine. And that activates then gene expression of the metal response signal transduction pathways and thereby increases the potential for excretion, endogenous excretion of heavy metals without having to use an exogenous synthetic chelating agent like DMSA or something else that would then bind from the outside and help to liberate these minerals. In fact, we've actually even done studies where we've screened many different phytochemicals to look for those that might be best in helping to activate NRF2 and then the metal response element and inducing metallothionine synthesis. And you find that there are phytochemicals that have the properties of increasing quinone reductase, increasing glutathione transferase, and also increasing the translocation of NRF2 from the cytosol into the nucleus where it sits on the middle response element and thereby activates metallothionine. And it's those phytochemicals that might be useful for therapeutic agents to encourage endogenous metal detoxification. And we've actually done a clinical trial in humans by administering them an oral dose of these active phytochemicals in which they actually increase by a factor of over 40-fold within five to seven days the level of mRNA for metallothionine, which then enhances the metal transport. And by measuring minerals in the urine during this period of time, we find a greatly enhanced urinary output. In fact, mercury about a tenfold increased output, manganese about a four and a half fold, lead about a two and a half fold, 
cadmium about a twofold increased excretion over that same period of time as a consequence of administering orally these phytochemicals and induce the regulatory pathways that transport minerals, the metallothionine pathway. So it's a very interesting new way of thinking about bioactive components in our foods that regulate specific genetically controlled pathways that ultimately lead to endogenous detoxification. Now we shouldn't forget when we talk toxicity then endogenous toxicity can also occur as a consequence of metabolic endotoxemia. That metabolic endotoxemia can initiate insulin resistance and obesity, and we now see that coming in a variety of papers, most recently in an article in Diabetes, the journal Diabetes in 2007, volume 56, page 1761, in which they showed that lipopolysaccharide concentrations in the plasma are associated with an increased inflammatory burden, insulin resistance, and metabolic syndrome and obesity. And by reducing the release of bacterial cell wall debris across the GI, that it lowers then the risk to obesity based upon this model. What would increase chronic endotoxemia? That's a good question. And recent papers helped us to understand that. This is, again, American Journal of Clinical Nutrition, volume 86 in 2007, page 1286. And the title of this paper is pretty self-explanatory for the content of the paper. A high-fat meal induces low-grade endotoxemia. Evidence of a novel mechanism, therefore, of postprandial inflammation. And in this paper, what they found in apparently healthy people, when they had them eat a high-fat meal, saturated-fat meal, that induced a low-grade endotoxemia that contributes to the postprandial inflammatory state and could represent a contributor to endothelial activation and the development of atherosclerosis. And a companion editorial that went with this paper said that this work provides evidence of an elevation of serum endotoxin after eating a high-fat meal by people that are presumed to be normal, healthy volunteers, which then subsequently activates the immune system to produce more pro-inflammatory mediators like TNF-alpha and IL-1, which then encourages systemic inflammation. So this concept of low-grade chronic endotoxemia, which might have appeared to be fallacious a few years ago, now appears to be gaining much more traction and much more understanding, and that a high-fat meal can induce in the gut then altered GI activity and release into the systemic circulation low-grade LPS, which then produces a low-grade simmering fire of inflammation or inflammatory mediators. So again, Dr. Jeffrey Bland right there, just a small five-minute snippet talking about metabolic syndrome uh, and how much uh, other agents like sugar and insulin are affected, how critical detox is for this, and how by you know improving Phase one and phase two liver, um, I guess, you know, enzyme, phase one and phase two liver detoxification pathways, conjugation, glucuronidation, you can actually uh, improve insulin function. You can do a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, I think some of the critical things there to take away are the fact of how important, again, now this is metabolic syndrome, which is for people who are sick, but to a lesser extent, all of us really in this, you know, carb craze, um, mainstream American diet, all have some type of, of sugar addiction to some degree, some type of insulin dysfunction, either because of uh, sugar, carbs, or maybe even because of unhealthy fats that alters, uh, you know, I guess, insulin receptor sensitivity and, and function. Even because of stress, I mean, stress definitely elevates, um, you know, all these different uh, deleterious hormones that really do wreak havoc on all types of cell membrane function, including insulin and other hormones too, of course. And so this is why, as he was saying right there, that when you can work on uh, whole body burden toxicity, I think he was talking about uh, GGTP pathway, which I think is gamma glutamyl transpepsidase, that you can actually um, you know, do a lot for improving liver function and detox. And of course, uh, it's also critical. He mentioned alkaline, alkalizing the body is a really important aspect too. So there is a lot of science supporting that. Um, then he went even into uh, heavy metal detox. Now, of course, I'm a big believer in cilantro. I actually put cilantro in a lot of my soups and uh, I mix it in with avocado into everything I put avocado on, which is quite a bit too. As you know, avocado is one of those healthy fats and cilantro is really good for pulling out mercury. But uh, I think he was mentioning zinc there also as an agent that could help to increase uh, NRF2, which I think is nuclear regulatory factor two or something like that that helps with heavy metal detox. So, of course, he talks very technical, but the bottom line, the takeaway message there is that nutrition provides information to your body, not just calories. 
and or, cal- or the calories in essence are really units of information, not just units of energy. And they really do tell your body things. And you know, the question to ask is, what are you telling your body with the food you're putting inside? You know, obviously, the, here by uh, improving detox and improving the alkaline state of the body, you can do a lot to uh, affect you know a whole host of stuff from your brain, your brain chemistry, how you think and feel. To you know how your muscles respond to how your liver uh, detoxes and, and actually transfers different agents to various parts of the body. So uh, it's a pretty critical thing to get um, you know up to speed on there. And if people like Jeffrey Bland, I can even get him on as a guest because I do think he's a little bit technical, like the way Dr. Scott Conley is, but he's got a lot to share and he backs it up too. He's all about being grounded in the science, which is really cool. So. Our guest, Rick Collins, will be coming on next, and I want everybody to take a minute, please, and go to Facebook and like the Quantum Physiques page for us. Jeff and I do a lot of work here. Jeff, of course, behind the scenes to make this show educational and enjoyable for everybody, and if you guys would be so kind as to show some support and like us on the Quantum Physiques page on Facebook, it would be very appreciated. So this is, once again, RX Muscle. Quantum Physique, stay tuned. We'll be right back after this quick break with our guest, Rick Collins. Quantum Physiques, building strength and power for your mind, body, and spirit. Myotropics Physique Nutrition is the most exciting supplement company to come along in decades. That's because Myotropics isn't just another company. It's the brainchild of iconic metabolic expert, Dr. Scott Connolly, the inventor of the original body recomposition product that changed the industry and allowed millions of people to get in the best shape of their life. And CEO Vince Andrich, author of the groundbreaking Physique Athlete Guide. Myotropics flagship product, Physique 2.0, contains their exclusive Meta Effects Amino CD protein compound that maximizes whole body protein economy, your personal linchpin for gaining and retaining the most muscle while also shedding maximum body fat. Plus, Physique 2.0 contains the world's first legitimate fat-burning carbohydrate, Meta Effects FAO-CHO, for full hard muscle and increased fat burn. If you live to develop the ultimate physique, go with Myotropics, real people that live to develop physique nutrition. Go to Myotropics.com. It's your body. It's your art. Master it. Myotropics.com. Visit ExtremeFitNutrition.com, the newest and hottest supplement super site. We carry all the major brands, including Species, MHP, BPI, BSN, Optimal Nutrition, Gaspari, and many more. Low on cash? No problem. ExtremeFitNutrition.com offers competitive prices that our competitors can't beat. Now you can supplement your diet without having to supplement your bank account. Here's some of our specials. Buy $100 worth of Species products or metabolic nutrition and get a free t-shirt and bag. Buy two $200 worth of BSN products and receive a BSN t-shirt and shaker bottle. Remember, there's only one extreme. Visit ExtremeFitNutrition.com now. Out on the edge of fitness and endurance, there's a line. It's where winners and losers are defined. That's the narrow place where Gamma O gives the serious competitor the extra step. That extra kick nobody knew was there. Gamma O raises your testosterone level naturally and legally. So before you step up to the line one more time, be prepared to bring it with Gamma O, the all-natural testosterone booster. Gamma O is available nationwide at general nutrition centers or on the web at GammaO.com. If you train hard, you need to recover hard. Training elevates cortisol, but so does stress and tension. Stress is the number one health risk you face today, and not only causes you to put on abdominal fat, but it's also one of the contributing factors in the top six causes of death, which includes heart disease and cancer. But now you can relieve that stress, rebuild, recover, and feel great with fast-acting Gabitrol. Gabitrol works quickly to help you improve relaxation and recovery, reduce cortisol, elevating stress, and reduce binge eating. Plus, Gabitrol will also help you to get that deep, restful sleep. Warriors are built, not born. And now you can build a better body with fast-acting Gabitrol. Recommended by New York Times number one best-selling author, Dr. John Gray, Gabitrol is available now at rxstress.com. Hydrolyze Ultra, the leader in cellular hydration water. Hydrolyze Ultra water has been designed by shrinking and reshaping molecules to allow a faster and more sustained delivery into your cells. Our cellular water has gone through a magnetism and laser treatment process, along with adding electrolytes to our special ingredients. This allows all nutrients to be absorbed at a maximum cellular state. By using Hydrolyze Ultra, all nutrients, supplements, and carbohydrates you consume will be absorbed at a greater rate. Lactic acid gets flushed faster, and you'll feel full 
dehydrated. Get the advantage that top athletes have achieved. Try Hydrolyze Ultra today. Visit HydrolyzeUltra.com. That's HydrolyzeUltra.com. P28 High Protein Bread is the official bread of RX Muscle. Are you looking to incorporate more protein into your meals or just want to enjoy bread again? Then look no further. Try the 100% natural P28 High Protein Bread. P28 High Protein Bread is a formulated revolutionary breakthrough product. Packed with whey protein isolate, 14 grams of protein per slice, 12 grams of carbs, 8 essential amino acids, and made with 100% whole wheat. Fear bread no more. Build a better body with P28. Order today at highproteinbread.com. P28 is also now available at bodybuilding.com and many other retailers. Order now. Highproteinbread.com. P28 bread. RX muscle approved. Fusion Bodybuilding makes bodybuilding's strongest supplements, and they're committed to giving back to you. Fusion Bodybuilding not only want to promote the bodybuilding lifestyle, but they also want to help build the sport. Bodybuilding is all they do. It's their obsession. You know the feeling. That's why you're here. Visit Fusion Bodybuilding at FusionBodybuilding.com or join in on the conversation on the Fusion Bodybuilding fan page on Facebook, where you'll find IFBB Pro Q&As, contest giveaways, and nothing but in-depth bodybuilding talk. Fusion Bodybuilding, bodybuilding's strongest supplements. Head over to FusionBodybuilding.com today. RxMuscle.com. Now you have a place to turn when you want the truth on bodybuilding, diet, and exercise, up-to-the-minute news, and more. Visit the RxMuscle.com forums featuring celebrity Q&As with IFBB professional athletes, top amateurs, and the brightest minds in the industry. Listen to our weekly radio shows including Heavy Muscle Radio, Muscle Girls Inc., After Hours, and more. Contest coverage, videos, even our own social networking site, RxMuscleplace. Visit RxMuscle.com. And welcome back to Quantum Physiques. I'm your host, Brian Cunningham. And I am joined by a good friend of mine and really an amazing individual actually here. Somebody who really gives back to the community and has been a stalwart for, uh, I think, just pushing through both the science and the legal aspect of what we do as far as it being positive and healthy. This is my friend, none other than the famous lawyer, Rick Collins. Rick, and welcome, welcome to the show. Uh, Brian, thank you, my friend. Thank you. It's been a while since we spoke. Uh, I know I saw you a few years ago uh, back at the, at the Arnold Classic a few yeah. years back. And, um, you know, uh, it's hard to believe how far back that is now. But uh, but it's great to talk to you again, my brother. Yeah, Rick, you're definitely getting old because you're like, oh, it was a couple of years ago. It was like seven years ago, actually. It's just amazing how time flies, <laughs> you know. But you meet some good people. That I mean, the Arnold scary. is coming up. And obviously, you mentioned here um, about meeting me out there again. You know, if Jeff, the producer, can get a ticket out there, I would definitely go out there and meet you because it's good to hang out with some good people. So if Jeff goes, I'm going. But you said you met somebody pretty interesting, which actually was a good way for you to network. Tell us about your experience with meeting Ben Weider. Yeah, no, it, um, that was probably one of the first Arnolds uh, that I was out um, in Columbus. I was introduced through uh, a friend of mine named uh, Fairfax Hackley, who uh, introduced me to uh, Ben Weider. And, of course, I, you, you know me. I've been a fan of bodybuilding Back to the the Mike yeah. Spencer, Frank Zane, Franco Colombo days, and, sure. and and of course Donald. So for for me, it was great to meet him, and and we wound up talking, and and obviously I think he perceived my my love of the sport, and that he invited me to become uh, counsel to the IFBB, and so um, I started doing the uh, the work for uh, for pro bodybuilding, legal work for them, and um, through the years I, I've done a lot of that. I got to work with. Ben Weeder on a on a you know regular basis and um, and it, it opened up a lot of doors. Uh, uh, got to meet a lot of very interesting people. Spent uh, the better part of a day with uh, the the governor of California at the time uh, in his Santa Monica office and had the chance to kind of talk to him about the the history and the future of bodybuilding. And wow, I mean, man, no me, kidding! It was like uh, just just an amazing experience. It's been a great ride for me. I mean. You know, coming out of uh, you know the the Strong Island gym days of the nineteen, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know the, the sure. late seventies and early eighties uh, when I competed as a bodybuilder and just just loved bodybuilding and and looked up to all the guys in the magazines and and just to have a career that kind of combines where where health and and fitness and bodybuilding kind of intersect with the law. Um, is is just an amazing experience. For oh me. yeah, definitely, man. Hey, Rick, you know, do you think Arnold has distanced himself to some degree um, from the bodybuilding community? I'm not sure, maybe because of his changing careers or the negative press with quote unquote, you know, tainted athletes. I mean, what, what, what's your opinion on that whole thing? 
I don't know. I, I guess there's there's some things that uh, who knows that maybe uh, politics makes us do some strange things and 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 uh, <laughs> you know have to do some stuff that we might not want to do. And, and <laughs> I think that's true of every politician. But but I don't know. I, in my my speaking with him, I, I don't think that his love of bodybuilding ever wavered. I mean, look, he sponsors the contest out in Columbus every year. Yeah. Every year, no matter what, he he was up on that stage. And you know the, the you know the the mainstream you know non-bodybuilding community will, you know, uh, could, could potentially criticize uh, bodybuilding in general, particularly pro-bodybuilding and, and, and his association with it, but it didn't stop him, and he, he came up and he, he was on that stage every year, and, and in my talking with him, he, he definitely loves the sport, still loves sure. the sport, and, um, you know, uh, him and, you know, so many guys, to me, I just look up to these guys even today, so... Wow, yeah, good point, Rick. You know, when you and I met, buddy, about 10 years ago, uh, steroids were in the um, the nadir of their demon. They were, they were the demonic stuff. And you were the one that pointed out to me, so uh, apropos, you know, Brian, people can go in and put implants in their butts, implants in their breasts. They can have risky surgeries, anything yeah. they want. And it's legal and, and it's actually looked upon in a favorable way. But if some guy wants to put a little bit of, uh, of testosterone in his body to kind of pr- improve his, his mental and physical outlook on life and to get ahead in life as you know he's demonized and it's kind of funny because back then 10 years ago buddy it really was demonic in a sense right to even think about using steroids but I think with the advent of low T on TV and the whole thing with HRT do you think the tides are changing now a little bit or or is it still pretty much pretty bad it's tough to say you know I think the the low T ads you know um, uh, might eventually begin to change things but uh, they have to call it T because I think they're afraid to actually Call it what it is, you exactly. know, and, and exactly. so they, yes. they've come up with a you know acronyms and initials for it, and you know, um, look, even when they say it's testosterone, they they try to pretend that that that's not an anabolic steroid, you know. It's, yes, um, exactly. It, yeah. It's kind of a mess, and, and you made a great point. And um, any anybody uh, who's listening who wants to kind of explore those issues of, you know, why are certain things that are highly risky allowed, and and other things that are potentially maybe risky. You know, look, everything has risk. There's no drug that doesn't have side effects. So, you know, um, if, if the standard is absolute safety, uh, you're never going to reach it. You know, people have died from drinking too much water, let's face That's it. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, the, the reality is nothing is 100% safe, but, you know, why do we allow some, you know, people to take the risks and, and, um, and assume those risks with respect to some things, like, like skydiving, for example. But, yes, yeah. you're right. If, if you try to, you know, uh, take an anabolic steroid for cosmetic purposes, uh, they're going to cart you off to jail. And a great movie that kind of explores those is Bigger, Stronger, Faster. I don't know if you've seen it. Oh, yeah, of course um, I've seen it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, great I film. mean, I, that, uh, it's a great documentary by a good friend of mine named Chris Bell, and um, it's a family story, but it, but it also really covers these issues of, um, you know, uh, kind of provocatively looking at, you know, why things are the way they are when it comes to performance-enhancing drugs, and uh, he brought me in very early as a consultant on that movie, and I worked with him uh, from pretty much from the beginning of the, of, of the filming straight through to the editing process, and um, and was there out in California doing you know uh, watching as he was doing the editing, um, and it was uh, it was just a great great experience, and um, the film is great. Uh, you can. Uh, Listeners can can get it on Netflix or um, on you know, YouTube uh, now too. And, I think actually, yeah, even pieces of it, yeah, yeah, are certainly on there. So it's bigger, stronger, faster. The side effects of being American. A great, great documentary. You know, it's a pretty deep movie, actually, Rick, I think, in a lot of ways, because it really points to something deeper in the American psyche, right? This idea of um, of the wheels of the economy having to turn and all of us kind of having to kick in and work 80-hour work weeks, because it wasn't just steroids. It was any kind of drugs that were enhancing performance, as you as you know, and how much That's they're right. all really costing us. And you know, Rick, I mean, there are more prescriptions written for pain and depression in this country than the entire world combined. So both on the upside with steroids and speed and all that kind of stuff the downside with Ambien and, and, and then the freaking, uh, you know, antidepressants and all that kind of stuff. We are a heavily medicated nation just trying to get to the next day. There's something <laughs> yeah, going on yeah. here, Rick. I think this is really pointing to a very toxic society, wouldn't you say? 
Yeah, I mean, there, there's so many layers in the movie. That's certainly one of them. Exactly, yeah. Uh, there, there's layers of, of what's considered um, uh, performance enhancing that, that's unfair versus fair. You know, at one point he interviews uh, a bunch of people who are uh, auditioning for uh, uh, concert uh, orchestral kind of That's right, sure. And, and yeah, violinists or their, their um, you know, other types of uh, string um, performers. And uh, they'll take beta blockers before they go for an audition. And the beta blocker will uh, sell their nerves and make the person who takes the beta blocker um, have an, uh, an advantage over somebody who's more nervous and hasn't taken it. And, and, and he interviews and says, well, you know, it, does that enhance your performance? They're like, of course it does. And, and yeah. he's like, well, how is that different from steroids? Oh, it's completely different. Really? How? How is it that it's different? And nobody could really give an answer, and it just shows the sort of arbitrary lines that we sometimes draw in society. But um, there, there are so many things like that in the movie that, um, you know, it, it really makes you think about, uh, you know, why things are the way they are in our society. Well, you know, Rick, I think um, that to some degree, being, uh, and you wrote a book called Alpha Male, which is, a, you know, a very interesting uh, title right there, because to some degree, society wants to feminize Everybody, they want to kind of, you know, dumb down the masses, placate them, keep them sedated to some degree. And I think to some degree, yeah. you know, like an alpha male that rises up and is rebellious or is calling people, you know, calling the shit in a sense, pardon my French, is not what, what, what yeah. the, the, the powers that be want to some degree. That's why I think this may sound kind of crazy, but there is something going on here. I mean, Rick, look at this chemically. Estrogen is more stable in the environment, right? We have all these xenoestrogens in the environment because estrogen is stable, but you don't see any xenoandrogens. You don't see guys drinking plastic water bottles and getting jacked up on testosterone. No, it's all about estrogen. <laughs> right. And no, I'm, right. I'm not yeah. kidding. Seriously, I mean, if you look no, at this, even in in primates and in all kinds of social animals, the male alpha males can be very dangerous to some degree, but they also provide an important part to the society. And I think our society in general doesn't want guys becoming alpha or becoming successful in a way. You know. Well, there's no question that there's there's a trend toward feminizing, you know, the what guys in this country should be, and in, in in the mainstream, we we saw that with sort of the rise of the metrosexual back in the you know the early '90s, and uh, you, know, the, you know we like to say in the book that the more time that guys spend frosting their tips, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and and metrosexualizing themselves, you know, the the more they they deviated from any kind of you know manly standard that that existed before that. And plus, as I'm sure you know, there was a study that found that um, you know, on a on a biochemical basis, uh, men today are less masculine than men of the past. They did a study retrospectively where they looked at and compared the testosterone levels of guys in the 80s with the 90s, and then with the last decade, uh, and and you know, age matched guys. And what they found was, you know, a, you know, considering you know, equalizing for age, the guys of the 80s had higher testosterone levels on average than the guys in the 90s, and the guys in the 90s had higher levels than the guys in the last decade. So we're seeing a gradual drop yes. in you know, average testosterone levels. And it may be, as you just said before, the phytoestrogens that are in our environment. It may just be that we're, you know, obviously competitiveness uh, actually increases testosterone. Being being put into competitive uh, challenges can, can increase it. Uh, it may be sort of social, that a that, uh, combination of social and, and you know, um, and physical factors that are affecting it. But uh, if this continues, you know, it's, uh, it's, not, it's not a good sign. No, it's not actually. You know, it's funny, Rick. I was just uh, doing a demo in a local store here in New Jersey. You know, I have a product for stress and anxiety and I met a bunch of sales reps and I'm telling you, this is crazy. I asked them, these are big companies, what's your number one product? And they all said the the pecker pills, the sex pills. And I'm like, you right, must be right. kidding me. There's an epidemic of guys out there, not just Viagra, but even for the herbal stuff as well. It seems like you're, I mean, to some right. degree, there's something really going on here with male dysfunction. And I think it's probably a con con you know a mix of all the things you mentioned there that are really affecting men. Right. Probably, we, you know, Rick, a little bit of stress is good and it upregulates testosterone, but chronic stress, right? When you're in right. the arena chronically, your body right. can't deal with it and it starts to break down. 
We just had a, I just did a little segment before you came on, buddy, about a woman that had cancer and how uh, a, a study showed that when people were giving like a, a life-threatening diagnosis, only one in 10, buddy, could step up and do what they had to do to make changes to, to survive. So you're right. right. I, I mean, one thing you've always been with your column on MD and everything too is, you know, all about empowering people to realize it's just a game, man. Get in the game and you know what? You can definitely roll the dice and chances are you're going to come up a winner. But if you don't try, if you don't get in the gym, as you know, you're not going to get that physique that you want. You know, it doesn't come in a pill. It doesn't come in a potion. And yeah, there's uh, no magic. There, there, there's no magic bullet. There's no magic. Pill. Exactly. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's hard work. It's diet. It's exercise. Um, you know, in our book, the, the book is kind of a 10 week uh, plan and, and gives sort of a, a 27 workout plan over the course of 10 weeks for guys who, uh, who really want to kind of reclaim the, their better self, guys in their 30s or 40s who really want to get into, into better shape. And there's a, a 10 week diet plan that's attached to it. And then there's a, a mental aspect of really trying to, to focus yourself on, uh, on being your best and, and improving your confidence. And obviously confidence, uh, I think, more than anything else is the, is the word that, um, you know, when I think of alpha male, I want to kind of think what it's all about, you know? Yeah, without a doubt. I think everything starts in the mind, Rick. And then from there, of course, uh, you know, our bodies or I guess um, we behave, we take the proper choices when the mind is in the, is in the proper space as well. And, uh, you know, I have to say, dude, your life is really, um, you know, one person you can hold up there and say, here's a guy here who really steps up and does a lot, both for your charity work uh, and your work with Collins, McDonald and Gann. I mean, uh, you know, tell us quickly about the charity work because that is another example of you stepping up and doing something for a good cause, right? Yeah, well, thank you, man. I um, I, I had uh, a few friends uh, who were diagnosed with cancer. Uh, actually, my uh, my first cousin who uh, bought me my first set of weights when I was like uh, 15 years old, um, you know, died at 21 years old of testicular oh, wow. cancer and uh, just just a, a terrible loss. And then I had a training partner a few years back who died of a, a rare form of free form liposarcoma. So I, I've had friends and and and. Uh, people who were fit and, and did everything right. And so uh, I really wanted to do something to um, to kind of, you know, foster cancer research and, and, and improve it and, uh, and move it forward. And um, when I wrote the book Alpha Male Challenge, uh, one of the, the kind of exercises that, that we included in there from a mental standpoint is, is kind of pushing your boundaries and, and confronting your fears. And for me, I, I found as I started to get a little bit older that I had started having some, some issues with heights and um, getting a little queasy when I was up on my roof one day, and um, and so I said, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna combine some things here, and um, I wound up uh, arranging to do a skydive at 13,000 feet, um, and uh, and to do it for charity, and so I, I contacted the American Cancer Society, and, and they were into it, and I wound up doing a um, a skydive um, you know, a couple of years back, and um, and it was just an incredibly empowering experience. Uh, you know, the more terrified you are of doing something. Uh, when you do it and you, you come out sort of, you, you go through that fire and you come out on the other end, there, there's nothing that, that gives you a, 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 a more euphoric sense of empowerment than that. And so um, I raised uh, a lot of money for the American Cancer Society. And the following year, I did it again. And I did it for Livestrong, Lance Armstrong, which... Um, oh, yeah, was, sure. Was a great a great choice because obviously uh, Lance Armstrong had the same type of cancer, testicular cancer that that took my cousin's life many years earlier, and because of the uh, money that's been put into cancer research, um, the the you know what happened with Lance Armstrong was very very different because he not only survived it and was properly treated, but but he actually was able to thrive um, after it. So um, you know, and that's just an example of you know in in real terms what what the research can do. So um, I did that, and then this past year, uh, this last summer, I, I did it again. And um, and in the last two years, I recruited others to join me. So I had uh, people across the country also skydiving, and, and all the money was pooled. And we did it this year for Alex's Lemonade Stand, which is a great great pediatric charity, kids with cancer. Um, oh, wow. Can't think of a better charity for that. And we raised a lot of money. Altogether, over the last three years, I've probably raised about $80,000 or somewhere in that range for, um, for, the, for cancer research. And um, I'm probably going to do another jump uh, this year. Uh, I think this year, and, and I'm, I'm, I'll confess to you, Brian, I'm terrified of it, but this year will be my first solo <laughs> dive. 
Um, it'll be a dive, you know, without all the others are tandem. Your first you know, sure. five jumps have to be tandem jumps. But this is going to be me jumping out of a plane with my own parachute and yeah. and, and trying to land and, and, and make it. And um, it's a scary, it, it, it's a lot scarier than doing it with somebody who knows what they're doing. But um, uh, that that's my uh, that's my goal for this year. That's great, buddy. Just uh, wear two parachutes. <laughs> Just, in, Just case. in case. I think you feel yeah. a little better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Wow. But no, it's great, man. I mean, definitely, uh, you know, I did uh, bungee jumping quite a few years back. And uh, I got to say, if you ever do some bungee jumping for charity, let me know. Definitely. Uh, pick- Actually, I may even join you with the uh, this jump here, too. I would love to do skydiving. I'm, I'm, so. I'm inviting you. I'm inviting you. I'd love to have you do it with me. And, um, you know, uh, it, it's, it'll be for a great cause. And um, oh, Sounds good. I, I think it's a. I think it's the kind of thing that should be on everybody's bucket list. It's it's a, it's really a really cool thing to do. So um, yeah, well, I think the skydiving itself is really that. cool, but the idea of doing it and getting people involved and supporting you and doing it for a charity is even better. You know, what I mean, no matter what, it's just giving back. Yeah. And I think you're right. You know, and if anybody has any questions on it, they can go to the website, which is Leap for Life. L-E-A-P-F-O-R-L-I-F-E dot org, O-R-G, okay. leapforlife.org, and uh, they can, can read about, and uh, I think even there are some YouTube videos of my uh, of at least two of my jumps that are up there, too, so um, people can uh, can see it and check it out. That's great, Rick. Yeah, good to know, and I'll definitely make sure we put that on the forum, too, in case people want to get involved, you know? Uh, you know, one thing you and I were talking about on Facebook, uh, probably, I guess, like, end of last year, maybe, or middle of last year, was your surgery and yeah. the great recovery you had, right? You had soldiers. Was it shoulder surgery? Yeah, it was actually uh, elbow. I actually tore elbow, my, right. uh, yeah, I tore my right, my righty, too. I tore my right tricep off the bone at the elbow, oh. which is uh, not a fun, uh, not a fun injury, Um uh, you know, I was, uh, you know, I, I tried to train heavy and, uh, and hard and, um, you know, unfortunately when you use dumbbells, you're, you're to some degree at the mercy of your, your spotter. And, uh, we kind of got our signals crossed and I was put in a vulnerable position with, um, two 160 pound dumbbells that, um, I was working with and, uh, I wound up having to do kind of a skull crusher with uh, 160 pounds uh, of dumbbell in each hand. And um, my uh, my left one was fine, but uh, my right elbow had been bothering me, and I think I probably had some frayed uh, tendons uh, and, and stuff there to begin with. And so it just gave out and it tore off the bone. And um, so I wound up getting it surgically repaired. And, um, you know, uh, I had been doing some reading, and, and I was convinced at the time that the research was was very much in support of the idea that if you continue to train your uninjured side, um, that you'll get a benefit to the injured side, sort of the contralateral effect of unilateral training. Sure. And so um, as soon as you know, as soon as I was you know <laughs> kind of uh, done with the surgery, and uh, maybe a day or two later, I was back in the gym, and I trained all the way through the recovery. Uh, even before I could train the right arm, I was doing uh, you know. Thank God for hammer strength machines because uh, you, you can get a lot done that um, years ago might have been difficult. But I was able to yeah. train, you know, all out on uh, for legs and and you know for my left side, back, you know, shoulder, arm, everything. And I lost. There was very very little atrophy, and there are some studies that show that um, you know, that if you do that, you know, and, and I think anybody who's listening, you know, um, if you do get injured, whether it's a knee injury or an arm injury, whatever it is. Um, don't don't be uh, you know dismayed from uh, training the other side as much as you can and as hard as you can um, throughout that recovery process, and then gradually you you can introduce the the injured arm and, and rehab it back into shape. And I found that that was great for me, both physically. I, I lost very little um, in terms of uh, you know lost muscle size. But also psychologically, because you really don't think of yourself as injured, you know. You, yeah, you think sure. of yourself as empowered through it. And, um, you know, I think I got stronger on the left side than I'd ever been before just by focusing all of my mental energy and all of my, you know, aggression on that, on, on really hitting it as hard as I could on that left side. That's great. I mean, I think you're right, Rick, especially as you get older, of course, you know that the uh, risk of injury goes up and it's important for us to, to develop tools, right? You would say, or techniques to kind of get around the fact that parts of our bodies are going to wear down faster than someone who's sedentary, who's dealing with a different set of painful issues from being sedentary. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, there, there's no doubt about it. On, on average, I think the, you know, the, the set of problems that you deal with by, by training, yeah. 
uh, far. I'll, take, know, him. Uh, I'll take him any day. Yeah, exactly. I'll take him any day over over the sedentary individual. But but yeah, I mean, look, you know, you're you know, by the time you're 40 years old, you know, you're you're a car with a certain amount of mileage on it, and um, you know, certain parts may may start to fray a little bit. But um, you know, it's uh, I, I still think the benefits of exercise, um, you know, that that we know about are amazing. And I think as as research continues, we're finding out you know new things. I was just watching on television tonight another study just came out about how uh, physical exercise as you age uh, just increases and improves the you know the capacity of your brain, neurological functioning of your brain. So um, yeah, it's, it's it's super important to do. But I think all your listeners know that. Yeah, this this audience I, I think is sold on it. I'm hoping that people that have uh, you know friends and family that, that that are sick and toxic like the average American, they'll get them to listen to the show too to realize that if you're not moving, as you know, Rick, you're pretty much you're dying, man, because your body was designed to be moving pretty much for a good part of the day. And so, uh, you know, obviously a lot of us have office jobs, we can't move that much, but getting in the gym is one way we really can jam a lot of intensity into like an hour or two hours of uh, of exercise. You know, Rick, so it's great, it's a great thing, it really is. Absolutely, and 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 obviously, diet's a big portion of it, also. And um, you know, yeah. we're, we're, most Americans are eating a diet that, you know, if we look back at what our our prehistoric ancestors would have eaten, and what our bodies over the span of a million years of evolution kind of adapted to eat, the average American is not eating anything remotely like that. Yeah, that, that's, yeah. You know, we're, we're eating primarily. Most Americans are eating processed food. Lots of uh, refined carbohydrates, white bread, you know, um, white rice, uh, white sugar, white flour. You know, it's just, um, you know, a, uh, a, a carb fest. Most Americans don't get enough protein. They, they eat lots of very sweetened sorts of um, uh, grain products and, um, and sugary products and high fructose corn syrup. And sure. it goes on and on as well as, you know, um, unhealthy fats. And um, it's uh, it, it obviously, I think, and, and we talked about an alpha male challenge, really getting back to not necessarily a completely paleolithic diet, but, but closer to a, a paleo-type diet, closer to kind of what we, we adapted over the, the course of all those, all those hundreds of thousands of years to, to eat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hey, Rick, we're just about out of time. If anybody wants to get your book, uh, where can they get it? Can you give us a website or somewhere? Sure. Um, if you go to alphamalechallenge.com, you can okay. uh, read about the book. And, um, and we've got a very cool test called the Mail Scale that uh, guys can take online. If they, uh, they want to know a little bit more about uh, what I'm up to, they can go to rickcollins.com. Uh, that's my website, my law firm's website. And, and, and we do work for everybody in the bodybuilding community. And so if you're a bodybuilder into fitness or health or, or just uh, you know, uh, into general overall um, health and fitness, you can certainly reach out to us through uh, our website at cmgesq.com. That's Collins, McDonald, and Gann. Esquire, cmgesq.com. So, um, so it's C, yeah, cmgesq.com. Gotcha. That's it. Yeah. That sounds great, Rick. Hey, man, it's been great having you on, buddy. We've got to get you on again soon. Uh, you give a lot Brian, to offer. And, and of course, you still write that column in MD Magazine, too, right? I'm still writing my column in MD, and uh, every now and then, uh, I don't know if we talked about, but uh, I was an actor for a while, and every now and then I take a little acting gig here and there. It's been a while, but, um, <laughs> but I might have something coming up in, in the future, so uh, I'll definitely keep you posted on that. And I'll yeah. see you on Facebook, too. That's right. You are on Facebook under Rick Collins. I, I, I actually, people on the Quantum Physique, if they like us there, they can get in touch with Rick that way, too, on Facebook, too. Absolutely. So, and you can follow me on Twitter as well. Oh, great. Great, buddy. Hey, listen, guys, thanks for tuning in. Once again, this has been Quantum Physiques here on RX Muscle. Stay tuned next week for another fabulous show. I'm your host, Brian Cunningham. Take care. Quantum Physiques with Brian Cunningham is dedicated to harnessing the power of the holy grail of health, fitness, lifestyle, and success. And you'll hear Quantum Physiques every Wednesday evening only on rxmuscle.com.